0: Welcome to the Run Strong Podcast, episode fifty-nine. Rob Jones, the Tash is just looking more sixties every single week.
1: It's you good, take me back
0: in time. Yeah, it's been like a time reverse time
1: lapse. <laughs> I've been I've been sent so many pictures of different iconic mustaches by people on Instagram. I feel very humbled and privileged to be in that category.
0: Now you just look like the dad from the OC.
1: Last <laughs> one. Nobody sent me that one yet. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's it. So I feel safe around you. So that's good.
1: I'm just giggling it now. <coughs> I can't remember his name. But yeah, Sandy Cohen. That. Sandy Cohen. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: at least half our listeners just switched off.
1: Mate, he didn't have a mustache.
0: Someone did. <laughs> or maybe it was the old guy that uh, Rachel dates in Friends.
1: Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> and Anyway.
0: That's enough TV knowledge for now.
1: Oh, dear. <laughs> Let's stick within our realm. We're, yeah. uh, we're, getting, too, we're getting too comfortable.
0: <laughs> Although we're not very good at that either, mate, because two no, uh, no. weeks back we did a shout-out show for our 24-hour team who either did a bike run or a bike and run. Mm-hmm. And we missed off one of the the most epic results of the whole evening.
1: That we missed off the the highest earning runner of the entire event.
0: I, I generally don't know how we managed to do that.
1: No, me neither. I've uh, I've now told this this guy that I've reserved number one. The first column in all my spreadsheets will now be reserved for him just in case.
0: Just in case. So yeah, that number one spot. Mate, give us some, some status. You... Yeah, we
1: need, we need to apologise to Abdul, who did take part in time-lapse, but we foolishly missed him off. And in 24 hours, he ran 172 kilometres non-stop.
0: It, yeah, I mean, he absolutely crushed it. And I still can't believe we missed it. I went, like you said to me, no, I just went back and listened and we didn't say anything. And I was like, What?
1: Yeah, so I, I went back, back and
0: listened, and I was like, oh, my God, we didn't.
1: Had to, had to go back and listen to the show. And I was like, no, there's no way we would have missed him. And then, sure enough, we did. So I yeah. feel very, very, very bad. So yeah. sorry, Abdul, sorry, and absolutely smashed it. And he's Abdul, back running. AKA, AKA right. the Moroccan. The Moroccan, yes. He is Moroccan, one of Marx's right. stallions, as he calls himself. Stalliones. Stallions. <laughs>
0: Mate, let's just segue straight over to Killian Jornet, your poster boy, fan boy, <laughs> boyfriend. I mean, what else can I say about this well, guy? Well, I
1: might. I'm I'm back on the market. I'm looking again. I'm looking. Nah. New hero.
0: <laughs> Tell us what was he going to do? And uh, well, and he
1: happened? Killian was trying to break uh, a, a very long-standing world record for 24 hours. Non-stop running. Um, I think it was the, the record was set in 1985, so the year I was born. For 303.506 kilometers by a Greek. Um, now I'm going to butcher this name as always. I think his name is Yanis Kouros. Yeah, Yanis is that Kuros. It? Yeah, Kouros. I, I got the first name right. So uh, Killian and a team from Solomon were were trying to break break this record. And unfortunately he dropped out <laughs> the reason is ridiculous. He dropped out due to dizziness. There's a little bit more to it than that. I know, but it I, whenever I read that he dropped out due to dizziness, I was like, Well, you know, you're running around a track. What do you expect?
0: Uh, yeah. Anyway, he, he, dro- he, he dropped out suddenly stopped, didn't he? He said it yeah. I actually he suddenly the video. stopped and felt yeah, didn't feel good and the doctor game over and What was he? Eleven hours
1: in. He was yeah, about eleven hours. He was one hundred and thirty-four kilometers, three hundred and thirty-seven laps in. It was they did it in Norway. Did you have a look at the? um, Did you see the track? Yeah, the track was was really cool. And they had a temperature, like a thermometer, up at all times. And during the day, it was five degrees. Perfect. God knows what it was at nighttime.
0: yeah I don't know it would have snowed wouldn't it if it dropped yeah. below zero so
1: this is it. they were going they were going around um icing the inside lane every couple of hours just to to keep it unfrozen useful yeah. so he
0: had to um what he he had to average like four forty five per k
1: yeah i think and whenever I started watching it, um they did the first marathon at four fifteen so they were going for sub three marathons to start with. And just uh, holding that pace. So it's I, I mean, took out disg- disgustingly fast. Yeah.
0: Talking about 24 hours of, you know, from our time lapse guys. And then obviously Marcus last year did 206K in 24 mm-hmm. hours. Yeah. This guy was going to run 100K more.
1: 100K more. I know. It's nuts.
0: And do you know what the old record, um, old Eunice, Yanis Caruso, what, did, what he did? Did you see his allegations?
1: Oh, no. Didn't he call... Wasn't he calling him out on, uh, on Facebook, I think it was? Or he had a Shoot bit up. of a rant about something. Shoe doping. Shoe doping.
0: But he, yeah. He didn't say any names, which is stupid. I mean, it was pretty obvious who he was talking about. He put, what a pity to hear there are athletes who are considered as well-known, but they seek shortcut ways and they try to innovate unfair methods in order to cheat an easy way by shortcuts is always the unfair and anti-athletic way that equals to cheating like why don't you just say hey killian you're wearing a shoe that isn't available to the public i think that it isn't right to do that and it puts your whatever um cuz he's trying to say that he's a well-known or considered as well-known he's probably the most well-known ultra runner in the world yeah like are you comfortable to run in a shoe that is not uh, cleared by the Athletics something, something, something. Like, just put it in a better way and actually have a discussion instead of putting in these cryptic messages but not saying any names but then well, getting really aggressive.
1: Um, that's how Kipchoge set the, the sub 2 wasn't it?
0: Yeah, and the, the deal is the shoe must be available to public. Mm-hmm. But what they've done, Salomon, is they've launched the shoe off the back of Killian's Thing So it wasn't available to the public, but once Killian began and they launched the shoe,
1: uh-huh. it now is. It's available. So, I'm on Sal-
0: Salomon.com right now. And it's called The Phantasm, which, number one, is the worst <laughs> name in the world. Like, Salomon, what are you doing? The Phantasm. It just sounds stupid. Anyway, It's like they've
1: tried to go on Phantom and then tried to, like, tried to combine two words and it just hasn't worked. Yeah, fantastic. and.
0: I don't know the other word with Asm. They've just butchered the name of it, and they don't. They look alright. I mean, I can see through. I can see the person's toes in the pictures. So they look like this lightweight. They're going to be a.
1: They're going to be a racing shoe. Aren't racing
0: they? shoe, yeah. Yeah,
1: and obviously not for trail. They're going to be for road or track.
0: And they've not put a carbon plate in it. Interesting. Interestingly, but what they have done, which again, just pure marketing, is they've said we've. With the outsole, we've created an R camber, which is inspired by Salomon's ski heritage. This curved midsole geometries help you feel like you are floating over the ground. Love it. Love it, except if you know anything about run mechanics where you don't float over the ground, you (laughs) put force into the ground and expect to get some energy back to help propel you forward. (laughs) So if we all ran around like we were skiing, well, we'd have ridiculously tight hip flexors and probably ping a hamstring <laughs> most days.
1: And this is why you're not on the marketing team for Solomon.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: could be. Oh, man. And I'll tell you was interesting as well. So he was hoping to break this record, but he, uh, he was saying before the race that it... Oh, I check him. I've got the quote here. Um, for me, it's an unknown terrain. If I tell you some predictions, I'll be lying because I really don't have a clue. I've never run a race on a track and the longest distance I've trained on flat is 90 kilometers. That's crazy. So he was, he was, yeah, he was. uh, This shoe
0: weighs less than 200 grams. Wow. It's for racing only. Not allowed to train in it. Only racing. That's a long race. It is a long race.
1: Yeah. So, so he's not done that, but then I quite like that he's not just come out and done it. Mm. Because he because he dominates or used to dominate so much, he does so many cool things. It's good to see a human side of him that everyone could now relate to.
0: But he now he's now lost you as his biggest fan.
1: <laughs> he's still in there. Don't worry. I haven't unfollowed. He's still in one of my Instagram followers. I haven't unfollowed him yet.
0: Uh, An old Yanis, if mm. he'd just been a bit more nicer and whatever, he could have now just been sitting off the back of this and going, yeah, well, when I did it in 1997, you know, we did it 19, in... No, no,
1: 1985.
0: Oh, I've got it as 1997 here. Oh, really? Yeah, Uh-oh. you did. Record of 303 no. kilometres, which he set in 1997.
1: I thought. See, I thought he set the 300k one in 85, and he did the 48-hour record in 96 or 97. Mm. He's got a 48-hour record of like 470k. And he's got a, I think he's got a six-day record as well. Like he did in 2004, 2005 maybe. It was like a th- just over a thousand kilometres. Madness.
0: Well, this website says the runner attempted to break ultra-running legend Giannis Kuroso's record of 103.506 kilometres, which he set in 1997. Oh, okay. She must have been wearing, what back then? Solid set of like New Balances or something. Yeah. Anyway, wow. they've all got it- stashes, mate. There's an old photo of them, and they've all got stashes.
1: <laughs> it was big back in the day, wasn't it? It was. It was. What? Nice. I wonder if they. I wonder if they'll have another crack at it.
0: He said he, he was still on his list, wasn't it?
1: Mm.
0: He's was like, it's still, it's still something that I want to do. Let's see.
1: Let's. Uh, I want you to tell me about your new pastime that you've taken up.
0: My new pastime. Yeah, mm. it's not knitting. Um. It is
1: vaguely, vaguely endurance related.
0: Yeah, I mean it's kind of just a crossover, really. Got a, got myself a mountain bike. Mm. First mountain bike I've owned since my Kona Fire Mountain, which, as you may remember, glowed in the dark. Um, which I had until I was about thirteen, maybe fourteen. It was one hell of a bike, anyway. So I used to do a lot of mountain biking when I was younger, um, and then didn't go on a mountain bike until i did that crossing the wahiba race or not race but challenge in 2018 which was then that was 160ks across sand on a fat bike yeah so literally hadn't ridden a mountain bike from when i was like 14 13 14 until that day and then i haven't touched another one since basically this morning
1: Did it, feel um, like your, did it feel like your arms are really, really wide?
0: It does feel really wide. And, you're, and actually, your fingers ache. I forgot how much your fingers ache from just being around a grip. Like, obviously, a road bike or a triathlon bike, you're so loose with your grip. But yeah, it was, that was a bit achy. And then I had to get used to, like... A little bit of a different saddle height and you've got different shoes and then obviously it's it's i've bought um a scott rc spark and it's full suspension so you're like you bouncing around the place and i sort of went off a little bit careful and then i got to a set of traffic lights and i was like oh, i don't want to wait for the light so i hopped up on the curb and then i was like oh yeah i remember how to do this and then popped a wheelie <laughs> off the curb and then I, I, was, I was off and then i went up there's a little water factory where i am go behind that and i'm on like sand trails like hard packed sand trails that um service like service uh, 4x4s use to service the pylons mm-hmm. and so you can bomb down these tracks and then suddenly you get like a really deep bit of sand and you have to like like lean back get the front wheel through and then see if you can if it's too soft you can't pedal in it but if it's just a bit hard enough you can keep pedaling and i was like you can drop off the different trails and come back up a few ramps and i just had an hour easy is it like sort of recovery today and i was like i'm gonna do it on the mountain bike and it was just so fun. I forgot how fun it is.
1: Have you have you set it up with a parameter?
0: No. And that's the other nice thing is I've got nothing on there. So I'm not riding to any numbers. I had my watch going and heart rate recording just to sort of see what it was like. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't looking at it. I just knew I had to sort of ride about an hour and just, there was, yeah, no cadence reading, nothing. Just have fun. Excellent. Yeah, Excellent. it's super fun. why
1: what made you want to get one of these? Uh,
0: someone asked me
1: <laughs> so,
0: Someone asked me last year to do a mountain bike race with them in South Africa. The captain, you know, the captain. Ah, yes. And then obviously that got cancelled in May. Um, and I was just going to borrow one for it. But then I was like, oh, I'm probably slash definitely going to really enjoy it. So I'll just going to buy a bike and then I can use it as a bit of a a cross training tool through the winter here. And who knows, maybe that'll be something to do racing wise when I stop doing triathlon or whatever, but yeah, we're still going to go do um, this race is called Sani to see next year in May. And hopefully if that goes well, try and do the Cape Epic, which is the really famous mountain bike race down in South Africa as well. And then, uh, yeah, and I've actually got a race, uh, like an off-road triathlon coming up on the 18th in Hatter over here, which, yeah, I mean, you always think, right, oh, I'm a bit older now, I'm going to be safer and whatever. But nah, it's literally the minute I got on and started hopping off curbs. I was like, oh, this is so good.
1: I, uh, it's funny, actually, because I've got this, mountain, I just put on the business, this cheap mountain bike and put Hannah on the back of it. And I'm the same, with that, yeah, we'll go really slow and we'll go really careful because Anna's on that. And now it's just getting faster and faster and faster. Same thing, popping wheelies off curves and then she bounces on this <laughs> bike seat on the back. It loves it. So grades in and get so her some bench, suspension. Otherwise, she, I'm worried that one day she's just going to bounce either out or the thing going to snap. <laughs> i probably snap more like it, right? Probably snap, yeah. It's quite a heavy weight on the back. Yeah.
0: And uh, it's actually... I really looking forward to heading out onto a few more trails with it and Mm. and going having some fun i mean it's not like riding in the uk where if you fall off you're kind of just gonna fall into grass or mud like it's rock and yeah some harder pack stuff here so gonna have to be a little bit careful on the trails stuff but uh i'm really looking forward to it actually made me think mate we haven't really talked about trail running yet on this show now that the new trail season is in you're not doing Mm. as much this year Normally, you're out there.
1: Well, I, I have, but I've been. It was during the weeks. I was obviously prepping for our event. Yeah. It's gone on. Um, that was meant to, as actually, we we're meant to be leaving. Mm. We're meant to be running right now, but we're not, obviously. Um, yeah. yeah prepping for that. So it was very specific to that. So we we're doing all the recce's and the route course for that. So I was out in the trail earlier in the season. But now that that's off, I have my, my obviously my marathon focus that I'm aiming for. And then uh, I've got a few races that I have signed up to now. So we've got the Santa 60, which is not this weekend, next weekend. So I'll be racing trail then, which is exciting. And then we've got, what do we have? The Wadi B Hatter 70K, which is in Feb. So there'll be more trails coming to prep for that. I
0: think what would be... One of the best combinations, I think, is uh for like certainly for runners if is if they can do like a long, like a long trail run, say on a on the first day of the weekend, and then mm-hmm. the next day like go out on the mountain bike or even go like kayaking. So something that's still like getting them to work, like quite low endurance, but but actually like not be loading their their joints up as much. Because how good is trail running, right? But you can really hurt yourself if you do too much too soon yeah and so yeah it made me think earlier on the mountain bike i was like man a lot more runners should be cross training this you know cross training on the bike um because especially mountain bike as well because you're because you're not so worried about your numbers and your speed and your average speed and things you actually are going to be riding like quite like recovery pace you know what i mean whereas Mm -hmm. if you cross train with a road bike you're probably going out the next day and still kind of pushing yourself a little bit harder than you realize, or you're just sat on the bike, especially at a Kudra, just riding. And you're not really using your core. You're not using like any other muscles apart from quads, hamstrings, glutes. Whereas on a mountain bike, like even I felt it today, like using my arms, my back, I was using core, like even your lower leg muscles using, cause you're standing up a little bit more. You're, you know, going around corners it's such a good um, such a good cross training tool for runners, especially those who want to have like a weekend in the trails but don't want to do like back to back trail runs. They can do a run and then something like a mountain bike the next day or something like
1: that. Yeah. You can definitely just come there's so many places out here that have trails that are suitable for mountain bikes. Everyone just thinks it's Hatter, but there's mm. so many places. So many. You just gotta you gotta get out there and explore, right?
0: You do. Yeah, especially in the UAE, I think people are a little bit scared to go outside the, the common areas.
1: Yeah. But how many times I, have we
0: just driven off to a random place and then figured it out?
1: I think I must get a message at least once a week from somebody going, can you tell me where to run? I'm just like, what an open-ended question. Like, There's lit, just so many places. Just please go and explore. Park here, go that way.
0: I've just so now, seen... Um, There's also a study that I've just um, seen got sent over to me on uh, emails and it was, they compared uh, walking uh, indoor, so treadmill, compared to outdoor. Yeah, okay. And uh, they found that although uh, you can, outdoor you tend to walk um, a little bit faster and therefore your heart rate's higher, participants... Mm -hmm said that it felt easier and was a lot more enjoyable
1: than walking on a treadmill.
0: Yeah. So they, they had increased feelings of pleasure both during and immediately following the outdoor hike. And yeah, they said okay. they felt less fatigued afterwards. Whereas if they were indoors, um, at the, going at the same speed felt harder and less pleasurable.
1: That so, I'd say That completely makes sense. Yeah, of course it does. Uh, who I want to know who goes and walks on a treadmill. People do, mate. Good lord,
0: people do. They like I've worked in a lot of gyms before, and you always had people coming in and just sticking on a podcast or whatever, and just start walking on the treadmill, or they get on the old recumbent bike and crack out a newspaper all the time. And I used to think, why do you pay for a gym membership to come in and walk on a treadmill?
1: like yeah
0: just go walking outside but it happens a lot
1: I can get maybe maybe in the summer whenever it's super hot but still just come home and have a shower
0: this was in the UK mate when I worked in like Nuffield Health in Portsmouth or um back back home where I'm from in West Wales or or anywhere mate anywhere I've worked gym wise out here as well um but that was like a hotel gym out here so I was like kind of yeah people don't know the city but even then go and explore like have a nice time but yeah, they're not really paying a gym membership when I was working over here in the hotel, but back in the UK, when people would pay you for gym memberships to come in and just walk
1: on a treadmill. Mm-hmm. Wow. My, um, so I would say if you're looking or stuck or want to know places of potentially where to hike or run or, or mountain bike, there are Facebook groups over here, like UAE Hikers Club. Type UAE Hiking into a Facebook search and there will be groups of people they go out every weekend. First of all, if you want someone to go with and you don't know where to go, they can take you, they can show you, show you some routes, send you GPX files so you can maybe go and uh, follow a map yourself. And there's, there's literally hundreds of routes for different abilities. And I still follow these groups and every day there'll be a message, I need somewhere to go. And bang, 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 you know, they've got 20, 30 options. The other good option is Wiki, Wikilock. Do you ever use that? No, never use that. Go to WikiLock and you look at where you, the area that you roughly want to go, and it'll show you routes that have been created in that area. And you can find the elevation, difficulty level, distance, and download a map. There you go. Epic. All right. Go do that. Two top bits of advice.
0: Um, what else have we got? Well, let's talk about friday three
1: what
0: we Friday. Did fa- wow. Wow. We took the
1: Run Strong podcast on tour, didn't we? <laughs> we did. <laughs> I haven't heard from Rossi's agent yet whether or not he wants to come on. Uh,
0: do we want him on? i got to be honest. <laughs> I think I spent enough time with him. Three and a half hours. But it made me think. It was a pretty good lesson in being able to just rock up and run a 30k i mean he did not train for it whatsoever which yeah. after the first 5k it was very obvious
1: five or two
0: <laughs> yeah i suppose two but i mean he just well for those who don't know hmm. big rossi um he's like the chris moyles of uae radio
1: <laughs> virgin i'm virgin radio yeah he's, virgin isn't radio. He a co- is he did he not used to be a producer now he's a co-presenter is that how it works He's telling me he used to DJ in Courchevel. They all do. But they. (laughs) But um, yeah, so he's. Isn't he like that? No, I wouldn't say he's Chris Moore. He's more like the comedy Dave.
0: Yeah, it just looks like Chris Moore. He's not
1: the main man.
0: No. He's like the weather to the news. (laughs)
1: Anyway, he's.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's been coming to the gym for a while now, maybe over a year. He used to be
1: really, really really, really fast. Yeah,
0: he did a weight loss challenge with Marcus, and it was all shown. And now he trains with uh, Lloyd, one of the CrossFit coaches at the gym. And last year he ran London Marathon, and and everyone he was like, "Oh, guess the time, guess my time." And looking at his training and things, and he's definitely not a runner. I mean, I said six hours, and apparently a lot of other people said six hours. And he did it in four hours
1: forty, I think. I think yeah, four forty-five. I think he said. Yeah,
0: so that was pretty impressive. But then. He's done little to zero run training since so April twenty nineteen mm-hmm. to November, well, basically December of twenty twenty. So a year and a half, zero run training.
1: Mm-hmm. He
0: told us he ran around the
1: gym. I sent like, a screenshot to say here's what you're dealing with. Yeah, and. <laughs> And he's run 300m, a few laps around the gym when he's been training with Lloyd in, you know, in, in part of the workout or the warm-up of the sessions. But I would call that zero run training. Yes, sure. specifically.
0: And so we sat off, didn't we, from Burj Khalifa mm-hmm. late, 7.02. We were there mm-hmm. early, then late things happened, um, for him to run 30k for the Dubai Fitness Challenge. Now, did he have water? No. No. He only had two gels because someone mentioned to him he should probably take two gels after he was finishing his session in the gym the day before. And what else did he do? I can't remember, but anyway, he just had... Yeah. He was not prepared whatsoever and, you and I, your and I task was to get him around for 30k...
1: No, no, I know what it was. He had two Voltaren in the taxi on the way. (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: it. (laughs) Two Voltaren on the way.
1: Because I said, yeah, I I said, oh, look, you've got some Voltaren in there. Is that just in case you're short? He goes, no, mate, I've had two already in the cab. (laughs) I'm like, no, you're you're meant to have one in 24 hours. You're going to have, like, irreversible liver damage. (laughs) Absolutely nuts. Anyway, that's not not the ideal starting point for a run. Um, anyway, no. yeah. So we started off. There's a few people from the radio came to join, right? Um, and yeah. were obviously listeners, I guess. And then we had his producer on there. Uh, we had a uh, Ali from from uh, front Endurance. He turned up and ran. And Tom Sutton came to start Tom with Sutton. Yeah. So it was quite quite a good bunch, wasn't it?
0: And he said to me, "I said, what's your strategy, mate?" He goes.
1: Well, I'm going
0: to run to 10K and then we'll see how it goes from there. And I was like, I, I need to sort of intervene a bit here, mate, and just say that's probably not the wisest idea. So I said to him, let's do 25 minutes run, five minutes walk, and give you a chance to eat. He said, oh, I didn't plan on eating till about 10K. I was like, yeah, we'll, we'll eat a little bit before then <laughs> to stop you from going into a complete sugar low meltdown. And uh, and he did. He stuck to that for at least the first hour and a half. He stopped to do some dancing, uh, a couple of photo shoots, was
1: there a, an impromptu zumba
0: class on the beach, wasn't it? There was. Yeah, I think he nicked someone's Kareem bike at one stage as well. <laughs> anyway, it was all kind of fun and games, wasn't it? Until around thirteen k. Yeah. And then, yeah,
1: it, I'd say and so then so. it really
0: started to unravel as we ran across the road well we ran along the road alongside the Burjil Arab because we needed to go out there to about twenty one Ks and turn around and come back, didn't we? And yeah. Uh, yeah and then it became a real walk, walk run fest. That's
1: that's when um, you're really so I think yes people can run and they can probably run good distances. He wouldn't have done much more than 30. By the end it was a, a shuffle. Oh, but brutal. it just goes to show like, with a bit of training how how quickly you can get distances up to a half marathon comfortably and if you don't then running is actually quite a tough sport to do yeah yeah big time like I think... his things that were killing him his hips his hamstrings his quads oh. um his oh my goodness his core completely broke down it was almost mm. like he was keeled over from 15k to 30 yeah he floor was forward into the put into the pavement
0: it looked like he dropped something on the floor small and he was looking for it <laughs> yeah. while running 15K. But, oh, yeah. but he did it. Like, you know, as always, he, he pulled through and did it. But it was just, yeah, it was a long old day. And it, it really made me think, people, how important progression is mm. in running.
1: Not just yeah,
0: 30k sounds like a good idea.
1: What I thought was interesting was how sore I was the next day. Oh, my knees, yeah. Same thing. My knees, my hips, and my calves and Achilles were felt like I'd I'd run well three and a half <laughs> hours. Yeah, but felt like I'd done 50k plus, probably more. I've done altruism and felt better after. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, uh, like, between two hours, 15, three hours, we both looked at <laughs> each other and were like, we both would have run a marathon by now.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. Just and, see, uh, it was obviously, yeah, we were trying to maintain our form as best as possible, but yeah. trying to hold a 180 cadence running at 7.15 per K is, <laughs> is very tough.
0: The other thing that I didn't get right was I didn't sort of take seriously, like, the fueling and hydration for us, because because we were going at so slow, I didn't. I mean, I was barely sweating, but um, I didn't drink or eat for the first two hours, mm. and there's only when we hit those water coolers along um along the road by Burj Al Arab did I start drinking, and I must have drank maybe a liter and a half in three hours and had a juice bar. That was it, and so afterwards I felt fine because I was just happy to have finished. I think I had a coffee and uh, went for a acai bowl at surf house. But then I think I didn't eat. I think I had like a small lunch and then had like a big dinner. The next day I woke up, I was trashed energy-wise because I just hadn't fueled. even yeah. though it was such an easy run. It was like going for a three-hour hike, but just not, not fueling at all in it. And it absolutely wiped me out for the next day. Completely
1: wiped out. So yeah. we may as well no, run a
0: marathon for the same
1: feeling the next day. It's a good way to think about it, actually. Like, you were thinking, oh, it will not be that hard because the pace would be quite low. But it does. It just zaps whatever you've got left, doesn't it? Hmm. Um, and the impact of, of running for that, that distance is huge.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. You start so, running at, in your, at your normal, um, what you're used to. Because for us, we weren't used to that either. Yeah. No. Actually, no. we talked about this last week about training with other people. And I suppose that, that's one of those, <laughs> if you like a detrimental session, where you're training with somebody, if you like, that is a a different ability or stance to use, so you don't necessarily get, well, I was ruined the next day, so there must have been some adaptation, whether positive or negative. But, um, yeah, it's always important to try and train with your ability level if you can, or someone a little bit better than you.
0: Yeah, and think, if even if it is super, super easy, pace, perception, heart rate, whatever it is, you still need to be smart with your fueling and refueling
1: and recovery afterwards. Yeah. And recovery afterwards. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Good. I actually just want to talk about something that is to do with triathlon, but anyway, I think it just needs support because it's really, really cool. And it's something called the PTO, which is the professional triathlon organization. And it's an organization set up maybe two, three years ago. And the reason I mention it is because, um, a guest from the beginning of the year called Matt Troutman, who, was a, who is sorry, a professional South African triathlete. He came on and talked about the show, um, talked about the PTO on the show, and maybe long-time listeners will remember. But what they've done in this year of COVID is they have set up a championship, the PTO 2020 championship, which is going to go ahead, I think, this weekend. It's on the 6th. Um, and it's in Daytona in the US. And they have got together. I mean, you don't really know triathlon, do you, mate? But if I mentioned some of these names, you would be like, are you serious? They have pulled together 200 of the world's best triathletes across all distances. So I'll just say to you now a couple of the female names. Sarah Crowley, I think it was third at Kona last year. Annie Houck, who won Kona last year. Holly Lawrence, who is... A um, great British athlete who was 70.3 world champion a few years ago, also Welsh. Um, who else? Heather Jackson, she's a legend in the field of triathlon. Laura Phillip is an absolute weapon. Wow. Paula Finley, she's an Olympian. Uh, Emma Pallant, British, she's one of few um, Ironmans and Half Ironmans. Meredith Kessler, who is like an absolute US legend in triathlon. Uh, Michelle Vesterby she's podium. I think a few times. India Lee, she's like an up-and-coming British triathlete. Um, Laura Brandon, super strong. Anyway, a hundred of the world's best women. I'm trying to look up for Daniela Reef, but she's not on here. Maybe she's injured. Um, and yeah, they've uh, Jodie Simpson, British. She's yeah, incredible. Nicholas Spirig, who's I think Ironman champion. Anyway, they are going to go head-to-head at the Daytona Championship. The male start list, here we go, mate. Alistair Brownlee, <laughs> two-time Olympian. Sebastian Keenley, Ironman champion. Lionel Sanders, all-round triathlon weapon, just set the one-hour record for the uh, Canadian, the Canadian one-hour record on a bike, so longest distance for a Canadian. Ben Hoffman won Ironman South Africa, 2019, Rudy Von Berg, I don't know him, Javier Gomez, multiple world time, world champion, um, always runner-up to Alice Brownie at the Olympics, 70.3 world champion, unreal, Tim O'Donnell, absolute legend, second last year at Kona, Um, Andreas Draetz, he's an absolute weapon, Michael Weiss, same, Uh, Barton Outs, who people might remember from Bahrain, um, 70.3 here last year, Uh, who else? Sam Appleton, Aussie guy, absolute weapon. Uh, Andrew Storkowski, who is a US, I mean, basically could be a professional cyclist, but is obviously very good at triathlon as well. Uh, Ben Canute, Center. 3 World Champion. There's just so many names, mate. And then it gets down to the wild cards. Tim Don, um, Great British Olympian and Ironman World Champion, held the Ironman record a few years ago. Sam Long, wow. who's an up-and-comer in the U.S., he's, he's racing. Uh, Johnny Brownlee, who obviously, Alistair Brownlee's brother, who's been a World Cup winner multiple times, uh, silver medalist at the Olympics. Vincent Louis, who's just dominating short-course triathlon at the moment. He's there. Um, mate, just a hundred of the, of the most well-known names. The only one or two, maybe, that aren't there is Daniela Reef who is just the most dominant female triathlete of all time, basically. And... Yamfredino, uh, who's the most dominant male traffic of all time. I don't know why they're not there. I think both are injured. But what they're doing is they're running this um, special event in Daytona on the sixth, and they have one point one five million dollars wow. in prize money. So this will be, basically, will be the best triathlon event you'll ever watch. It's a, I think, it's a half iron distance. Mm-hmm. So, you're going to get. Um, ooh, ooh,
1: ooh. Is it drafting? Draft legal?
0: No. So, it's a 20 meter draft zone limit, which is good. That's important. Um, and yeah, so I just need to find the stats, but it, it is. It's basically a half Ironman. It's 100K in total. Mm-hmm. And I think it is like a thousand meter swim. It's a, maybe a bit of a longer bike. I can't believe I, they can't have the distances up. Anyway, and then it's, like, um, I think a 10-mile run, so, like, a 16K
1: 16K. Oh, that's going to be rapid.
0: But it, it's around the Daytona... um, track. ...speedway track. Yeah. Yeah. So, you get out the swim. Uh, you're going to have to swim your ass off to be within, like, the top 20 people here. And then you get on the speedway track. And once you're up to speed, you're just holding speed. So, the Uber bikers are going to, like, going to gradually catch... The fast swimmers. Normally, if it's a hard bike course, say you come out of transition, you go straight up a hill. The Uber bikers have caught the good swimmers within the first 10k
1: yeah. because the
0: track is so flat and so fast. It's going to just be so interesting to watch because the Uber bikers are going to have to go all in, like absolutely all in, to catch the the top swimmers. And the top swimmers are going to have to also go all in, but their all in isn't going to be as fast as the Uber bikers, obviously. And then the runners because there's no drafting, they're going to have to push Still hard enough all in. <laughs> to stay in. Yeah, they're going to have to push hard enough to stay in the race, but not so hard that they, you know, screw their run up. And then and then they're going to get on the run. So the Uber swimmers might have held on, but then they've got to get through the run. The Uber bikers have to have caught enough of the good swimmers runners in order to give themselves a chance for the run. And this, And the runners are going to have to, have played the perfect race up to the point of getting onto the run and to then execute the run that they know they can do. So it's going to be nuts and, and everyone should support it. I think the way, to, um, the it's way just, to support it is just to watch it, I believe. I think that's how I it. just
1: hope. I just hope that they start them all at one time.
0: Yeah, it is. I, I believe it is.
1: I believe it is. So it's like you can see who's willing there and then. That, oh, that'd be so much fun.
0: Yeah, it's going to be it's just going to be nuts
1: because the thing with
0: the Kona World Championships on a on the long distance Ironman course is it's pretty much about the bike. So Because yeah. it's the longest leg. So you can gain the most and you can lose the most with the bike and it's about managing and it's your a really tough it's a fuel. really tough bike. Exactly. So the World Champion, you know, Jan Frodeno obviously can run incredible and he's obviously a, an incredible swimmer but it's the bike where he does his damage. Mm. If he was taking part in this it would be so interesting to watch and I don't know who's going to win but
1: I really hope it's Alistair Brownlee. Oh, what day is that? The 6th of December. 6th of December. And What time would it be in the UAE? That's a great point.
0: I don't know. I'll try and find <laughs> out and put it in the show notes. Okay. There we go. I had to get excited about that. <laughs>
1: That's really cool. All right, cool. we have a we have a meeting that day. Maybe we should uh we should order some food and uh, have a beer and watch it. Yeah, let's do that. Find out what time it's on.
0: What of the US is behind us, isn't it? No. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Behind. So yeah, it's probably early morning here. Let's see. Late afternoon. Late afternoon there. Anyway, we'll find out. Put in the show notes. Let us know if you'll be watching uh that's it mate
1: should we plug ourselves instagram they are are nine hours behind us so it's currently yeah nine hours behind so if they've got a morning start it'll be evening where we are
0: i think it's evening because they have the track lit up like the daytona speedway
1: so it will be tuesday morning we might need to uh put it on in the gym and sack off track tuesday track tuesday
0: <laughs> might do there we go instagram rob jones endurance or tom walker fitness or you can get in touch with us by email rj at innerfight.com or twinnerfight.com if you want to write into the show in general just write into endurance at innerfight.com that's it mate we'll be back next week with some sort of show and the week after we have our special guest oh yeah that's it thanks for listening guys see you next week bye bye